welcome to the 152nd episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd. In this edition of the podcast, we will have our weekly division-by-division look at Major League Baseball, and we will start, as always, in the American League East. In the AL East, at the very top, we have the New York Yankees. They are 36-15 and 15 on the year. Uh, they uh, are five and a half games up on the second-place Toronto Blue Jays, who are 30-20. and 20. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are in third at 30 and 21. They are six games back. The Boston Red Sox are in fourth at 24 and 27. And then you have the Baltimore Orioles at 22 and 31. Uh, the the main thing this week that I have to say is that the Blue Jays finally caught got hot and caught their stride. They are on an eight game winning streak, heading into a series with the Twins, who are. Uh, heavily injured and have issues because Max Kepler could not get into. Uh, Canada as a result of the vaccine mandate, so they are the Twins are reeling right now with a lot of uh, things that are hitting their roster, and uh, they also are just coming off of losing, I think, three of four against the Tigers, so they are not exactly playing the best baseball right now, and uh, meanwhile, you have the Blue Jays, who are playing great baseball, uh, 1-8 in a row, and yet still five and a half games back of the first place Yankees, which says a lot about how the Yankees uh, have played this year. They currently have the number two ERA in baseball uh, on their whole staff, only behind the Dodgers. Uh, so they're they're doing well there. They're third in bullpen ERA, and they're also fourth in OPS. So they're, they're doing everything right, and they also lead the league in home runs. But, you know, that is to be expected when you consider not only just the park that they play in at home, but also their roster makeup is just made to hit home runs. Uh, so even though they're not, they're not even number one in runs scored, uh, and definitely not up there in average. Those home runs are really carrying them. They're actually kind of in the middle of the pack uh, in average. I don't think they're even top 10, but they uh, they are not able to, well, they're able to overcome their woes in average by the fact that when they do hit the ball, it normally goes out of the stadium. Um, so that's how the Yankees have made it through the year. Um, the Blue Jays, on the other hand, they've been a bit reliant on the back end of their bullpen. Really overall, they're a middle of the pack bullpen, but, uh, their their bats haven't really caught fire yet, and we can see that in the fact that they actually only in this whole division, the only team they have more runs scored than is the Baltimore Orioles. So uh, it, it's very clear that their offense has not necessarily been up to expectations uh, so far. They are in the bottom half of the league. Uh, I mean, they're below they're below Cincinnati. They're below Washington in runs scored. It's very clear that they have had their fair share of offensive struggles. Uh, and you know, they're seventh or yeah, eighth worst, uh, run scored in the league. So that's not what you expect from that lineup that the Blue Jays have. They, they have way too many, uh, I won't, I wouldn't even say prominent hitters. I would just say dominant and good hitters to be that bad on offense. But here we are. It's a little bit early in the season still though. And as we've seen that now that they've won eight in a row, it's very clear that they can turn it on quickly and they have done that right now. And uh, if they're able to continue this, I mean, they can still get better. Guys have not been healthy. Teoscar Hernandez is still barely hitting above 200 on the season. Uh, and, you know, they have a lot of things that they can get better at very, very easily without having to tweak with their roster or really change anything. So uh, for the Blue Jays, it looks like it can go up from here for them for sure. Uh, and the Yankees, obviously, as we said, they're they're pretty much good at everything. They got their bullpen short up, which is something that every good team needs, especially if you want to go far in the playoffs. You definitely need a good bullpen. Uh, and they're good with that, and their rotation is finally healthy, and Nestor Cortez has been, I mean, you could argue to this point, the best pitcher in the league so far. So 
when you add in the combination of Cortez and Severino back from injury um, and Cole just being just good enough Garrett Cole, not exactly easy Cy Young winning Garrett Cole, but definitely up there with his career numbers and everything sitting around a three ERA or maybe a little bit under, they're definitely good enough to win this division and they probably will at this point. It doesn't seem like, I mean, look, the Blue Jays won eight in a row and they're still five and a half games back. That's all you can really say about it. Uh, but the, the Rays in third place, 30 and 21, they're just casually doing the Rays. You know, they have a good run differential. They're good at home. They're good on the road. They're six and four in their last 10. They've won two in a row. There's really no other way to say it other than the Rays are just going to do what the Rays do. They do this every season and, uh, yeah, they're just going to keep on keeping on, I guess. There's not really much to say when you're talking about the Rays, even though they are a good team. Uh, they're, they're kind of in the middle and everything, but uh, they're very reliant on their pitching staff, and their pitching staff does a good job for them. They're fourth in total ERA, um, and, you know, they're they're up there in bullpen ERA. They're, uh, they're sixth in that, so they, they overall, they're a good team. Uh, their hitting isn't exactly amazing. They're definitely not exactly where you would expect a playoff caliber team to be, but again, uh, just kind of like the Yankees, they have some home run power to bring that up a little bit. And overall, their run production is just good enough to keep them as a good team with how good their pitching is. So uh, for the Rays, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. On the Red Sox side, they are 12 games back. They did have that little hot streak, but now they've cooled off a little bit. Now 5-5 five and five in their last 10, which coming off a big win streak means that they probably didn't have such a great week uh, this week. They're not up there at all in home runs. They're right in the middle. Uh, and ERA, same thing. I mean, really, there's no stats that show you that the Red Sox have a chance of being amazing this season. Uh, it, well, other than the fact that Atlanta's right by them and everything, and those are the defending champions. So you could say that they can just get better just by attrition of just being better over the course of the whole year. Uh, but I don't know if that's true or not. And uh, Chris Sale is really the thing that needs to help them. He needs to get back as soon as possible and start pitching well so that they can hand the ball to an ace every five days, and that will be a major boost to them when he comes back. But I, I already said it. I still think that they've dug such a big hole. I don't know how they're going to make it all the way back in this division. The Yankees just seem too dominant. Uh, and even if the Yankees slip up, I, I still feel like the Blue Jays or the Rays will take that opportunity for themselves, and they will take the division. So it, it's really hard for the Red Sox. And then the Orioles, they, they've played a little bit better since calling up uh, Adley Rutschman, and I'd say if you're an Orioles fan, you should be excited, maybe not for this year, but definitely watch the games this year, see how the young guys are doing, and then by the time next year rolls around, maybe they might actually be contending again. Well, not contending for, you know, a World Series or anything like that, but they could be in the hunt for a playoff spot with the expanded playoffs, you never know. So uh, they're in an okay spot right now. Yeah, the Yankees are a pretty scary team right now. They have that component they haven't had the past few years, which has been the pitching staff reliability. So, uh, And mostly keep, it's just due to health. If they keep pitching like this, this nothing's going to change. Yeah. Um, and look out rest of the league. The they Yankees just have to stay healthy. I mean, it's been their key the last few years, and they haven't been able to just stay healthy. But really, it's ringing true now that if they just stay healthy, they will be good. Okay, well, let's move on to the AL Central. Well, this division is just very, very weird. The Twins are 30 and 23. Uh, they have lost three in a row, though. They're three and seven in their last 10. They're the exact opposite of the fourth place Tigers. I know I'm skipping second and third, but I'll tell you why. The Tigers are 21 and 38 games back. They've won three in a row. They're seven and three in their last 10. Uh, coming off, I think a four out of five game series take over 
the Twins because they played a bunch of games uh, that were some makeup games. Uh, but overall, and now they play the Yankees this weekend, though, so they might come down to earth a little bit. Um, but at the same time, in between those teams, you have the Cleveland Guardians, who are four and a half games back at 22 and 24. They've won three in a row. While meanwhile, the White Sox, who are 23 and 26, uh, they are five games back. They ran into the Blue Jays during their hot streak. So that's just kind of unfortunate there. Lost three in a row. They're four and six in their last 10. They had been playing okay recently, but the way that their injuries have gone and just playing against the Blue Jays when they're playing as well as they are right now, it's just not, it's not good for them. Um, and, you know, no team has been playing well against the Blue Jays in the last week, week and a half. So uh, it, it's just unfortunate for them. But at the same time, the White Sox are a good enough team that they should be able to figure out challenges like that. And so far this season, they just haven't been able to. And that's the one thing that's been their problem. The Tigers, if you want to point to a very specific pro- to a specific problem, just look at any stat that has to do with hitting. They are dead last in home runs. They're second to last in OPS, and they're last in runs scored. And by the way, they have 146 runs scored. The second worst team is Pittsburgh, who've scored 174, which compared to the Tigers, 146, it's not even close. I mean, th- th- it gets a little bit closer, but you can also see that there are five teams this year who have scored less than 200 runs. The gap between Arizona and Kansas City, sixth worst and fifth worst, is 21 runs, and then even and then even bigger than that gap. So there's a gap from you're bad but not terrible on offense to you're really bad on offense, and then there's the Tigers sitting below all of that. They really just cannot score. And, you know, it's sad because they actually have done a great job with the pitching staff this year. And, in fact, they have the second-best bullpen ERA in all of baseball, and yet they can't do much with it because they just can't hit, and they're eighth overall in ERA, and if you look at the teams ahead of them, Minnesota, their division leader, San Diego, I think the team with the best wild card record of any wild card team, I guess, uh, Milwaukee is a division leader, the Rays are in third in that tough division, and then you have Houston, the Yankees, and the Dodgers, who are the three best teams in baseball, excluding the Mets, and by the way, speaking of the Mets, Detroit has a better ERA than the Mets. And yet here they are sitting in fourth place in their division. So the Tigers just really need to figure out how to score runs. I mean, it is very, very simple. Their problems are very easy to fix. Um, They just need to score runs. Uh, And then at the bottom of the division, you have the Royals who are 16 and 33. Might have taken over. Yeah, they have taken over the worst record in baseball. Uh, Not something you want to take over, but uh, good for Cincinnati, I guess is what that means. But uh, we'll get to the NL Central in a bit. All right, let's move over to the American League West. The Houston Astros are in front. They have won four in a row. They're 7-3 in their last 10, 33-18 overall. The second-best record uh, in the AL in total. The second-place team in this division, the Angels, are now closer to the Texas Rangers in third than they are to the Astros in first after losing eight games in a row. Uh, They got swept by the Blue Jays. They also got swept by the Yankees, and I forget. I don't know exactly what happened at the beginning of last week or, I guess, I guess that was last weekend, but uh, I don't know what happened there, but uh, I can tell you for a fact that the, that at least the Blue Jays came through and swept them, um, and that actually was last weekend, so I don't know what happened before the Blue Jays series, I'll say, but Blue Jays swept them, Yankees swept them, not looking good for the Angels, 2-8 and eight in their last 10, which, I mean, I guess that isn't that bad considering they've lost eight in a row, uh, but at the same time, they are now six and a half games back in this division. It's a pretty, it's a pretty large lead for the Astros right now that they have taken, they've taken this lead uh, pretty commandingly. Um, and then you have the Rangers in third, who I would say are surprising, but you know, I, I think third place isn't 
ridiculously impressive for this team, but when you consider that this division is supposed to be a little bit deeper than this and the Mariners are supposed to be a playoff contender this year, third place for the Rangers already is a pretty good sign for them because we all know they're not exactly going to be a contender this year, but if they want to get back to the World Series levels that they once had, fairly recently, honestly, um, they just need... They just need a few more pieces to come together, and really, they have their core in place with Seager and Simeon, and the rest of their guys are so young that they're all going to be on arbitration contracts. Uh, so the Rangers just need a few more pieces, and I think they'll be a playoff team maybe even next year. I mean, they're definitely going to be up there soon. Uh, and then you have the Mariners, who are 22 and 29, 11 games back despite Ty Francis' heroics and being as good as they can ask him to be. Uh, they, as a team, just have not been able to generate enough hits uh, their ERA is not terrible, but it's not great either. They're somewhere in the middle of the league. Uh, same with the bullpen. Their OPS is also somewhere in the middle. So they've just been a very middling team. And, y- you know, you can have a team like the Tigers who they have a strength in their pitching staff and especially the bullpen. But the Mariners don't have a strength at all. They are just kind of eh at everything. And that's not going to lead to winning. You at least need to be doing well at one thing. Um, and if you want to be really good, you need to be doing well on multiple levels, but that is the reason they find themselves only one game better than the Tigers this season because of the fact that the Tigers might be one-dimensional, but the Mariners don't really have any dimensions that they're good in. Um, and then you have the A's at the bottom of this division, 20-33, and 33, uh, 14 games back. They've lost three in a row. They're bad. I think that's simple as that. Okay, that wraps up our look at the American League. Let's move over to the National League also starting in the Eastern Division, and also with a team in first place from New York. The New York Mets are in first place in the NL East. They are 35-18, and 18, the second-best record uh, in the NL, and they are currently playing the team with the best record, the Dodgers. They actually had the best record in the NL up until last night when the Dodgers beat them. Uh, but look, overall, you can't really say anything bad about the Mets. You can say that they might have... You could try to be an oracle and try to say that they have... Uh, some doom and gloom on the horizon and some bad omens considering how many guys are injured for them. But at the same time, they're still playing well enough without them. I don't think they're going to have that many issues. Um, But I will say you don't want to be as injured as they have been. I think that's very obvious and uh, they've done a good job dealing with it so far, but you never know what happens as the season goes on. Obviously referring to their pitching staff injuries, they have other injuries too, but uh, like, like every team, but and even Lindor isn't even playing or didn't play yesterday. I don't know his status for today's game against the Dodgers. But overall, the Mets have dealt with their injuries fine enough. Uh, and, you know, they've had enough support from their pitching staff. Um, good enough. Not It's not exactly what you would think it would be. It's ninth in the league in total ERA. But at the same time, we've talked about the fact that they don't really have the guys who they want to be pitching pitching right now. Uh, so it's not exactly surprising that that's happening. But in the meantime, the hitting has picked up the slack. They're they're tied with the Mets, actually. Or sorry, with Colorado. The Mets are tied with Colorado for the second best OPS in the league. And actually, I think they were first up until they only had two or three hits yesterday. They were all singles against the Dodgers. Um, and the Dodgers actually took the OPS lead over them, which is ironic enough. Uh, or at least they were better than Colorado. And Colorado had a big night yesterday. But I'm pretty sure they were ahead of them before that. Uh, you know, they're not, they're not necessarily top in the league in home runs. They're kind of in the middle there, but they're second in a run scored, and that's going to be enough for them to, you know, just keep it up with how much, I mean, their pitching only has to be decent. And already, we've already said this before, 
their back end rotation guys could easily be middle of the rotation guys for other teams. So it's clear that they can deal with a few injuries. It's just that you're not going to get a number one pitching staff in the league when they're as injured as they are, but that doesn't mean they still can't be good. And that's what they have been uh, so far in terms of the pitching staff. And then the hitting has really picked it up, uh, maybe even to a level I wouldn't even expect them to be in terms of how good they've been uh, this season, uh, second and average too. So they've been really good uh, hitting so far this year. And the rest of this division is just all disappointments other than the Nationals, who we knew were going to be bad, but they're pretty bad too. Um, starting with the Braves, the defending champions, nine and a half games back. Uh, they're also, I mean, you also look at it, the Mets are plus 75 in run differential. The Braves are minus three. So it doesn't look like they, they're getting unlucky or anything like that. They just have not played well this season. They're six and four in their last 10, which is a sign of things that are, or a sign that things are getting a little bit better. But at the same time, they're still 25 and 27. They're still nine and a half games back. And uh, they better hope that they win their weekend series when the Mets are playing the Dodgers. And because this is kind of one of your best opportunities to make up games when they're playing what the best team they might play all year outside of maybe a freeway or a subway series against the Yankees. Um, and then in third, this is the team we want to talk about. Philadelphia Phillies, 22 and 29, uh, fired their manager today. The first in-season firing of the year so far. I honestly probably expect maybe one or two more because uh, it's just natural. But uh, And by the way, the prime contender might be the White Sox at this point if you think about it in terms of who might... Uh, need a new manager because actually the White Sox are not doing much better than the Phillies, despite already being in the playoffs twice in a row in the last few years. The Phillies have just not made the playoffs with Joe Girardi, and that's not enough for them anymore. And they have decided that it's time to move on. Uh, you could point to various things. Uh, their bullpen is bad. Their star hitters have not been performing like star hitters. And because of an injury to Bryce Harper, now the guys that they brought in who they thought they were going to platoon DHing all the time are playing in the outfield, and let's just say Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos, and name your center fielder between Odubel Herrera and Roman Quinn, that doesn't exactly make up a great defensive outfield, and I'm putting that about as lightly as you could put it. I mean, most people would just say their outfield is bad on defense. It's just a fact. Uh, they're only middle of the league uh, in ERA, and they thought that they could be, that they could roll with being middle of the league in ERA and just kind of have their offense carry them through it. But if you look at the teams who are ahead of them and behind them in terms of runs, you have Yankees, Angels, St. Louis, Boston, Colorado, Milwaukee, San Francisco, Mets, Dodgers, in terms of runs scored, they thought they'd probably be better than at least half of those teams on offense. And the teams right behind them, you have the Cubs, you have Atlanta, uh, skipping over Minnesota, you have Texas and Miami and Cleveland. The teams that are right behind them are not even close to playoff teams. So it's very clear that they need to be a lot better on offense uh, while also getting better in the bullpen, and while also not choking games. So you put that all together, you got to find a scapegoat for the bad start, and the GM's not going to fire himself, so he's going to fire the coach instead. Um, I think that's really all I have to say about it, but the Phillies have not, they just haven't been good so far this year. Anything you have to say about the managerial change and what that might mean for them? Yeah, I think you said it right. Uh, the roster construction is a lot of the issue. Um, we've talked a lot about their closer, who... Uh, as former Dodger and who's blown a bunch of saves and really didn't inspire much confidence as a setup man for the Dodgers, Corey Knable. So he was really uh, injured all year, and then the few yeah. games he was in, he was good, but not Don't closer good. So. Although we have, we've seen him in, in not in person, but on television, lose some games in some strange ways, and frankly, yeah. they've won some games in some strange ways. So, mm -hmm. uh, 
I think you're right. The manager's a scapegoat. Um, but they do need a scapegoat because they have to have some explanation for why they spent all this money and they're still this bad. Yeah. So, so and I don't know how what role Girardi had in personnel. I don't I'm not privy to that stuff. So right, but partly uh, to blame. But you don't you don't know the inside baseball. But like you said, general manager is not going to fire himself in the middle of the season. And I will say that they made a roster and they made the decision that they were going to say that their bull. Well, they thought that they got their bullpen good enough, but it was very clear that they just. Didn't I think that's obvious? And then it was also clear that they thought that they could really they thought that they could overcome how bad their defense was with the guys who are contributing to the bad defense playing good offense. Um, and that just really hasn't happened. Kyle Schwarber's hitting below 200. He's hitting a lot of home runs, but you at least bring him into you know hit maybe even 230, 240, and hit some home runs in, at this level. Not just have pretty much every hit be a home run, uh, and and then. Again, you have Castellanos, who he hasn't been MVP level or maybe even all-star level like he was last year. He's still been good, but when you combine that with his defense, you can't have that kind of a player on your roster who is not, at least as your best player or second best player to Bryce Harper, I, I obviously. You, you just can't have a guy who's above average on offense and then is very below average on defense. And Kyle Schwarber, same thing for him. So it, it really... I mean, we know what these guys are capable of. They are really good players, but it just hasn't showed up so far this year. And uh, instead of being patient and waiting around, the Phillies decided to do something about it. I don't know if that will exactly help them, but we'll move on from the Phillies and talk about the Marlins, who are 21 and 28, tied with the Phillies, although it really doesn't feel like they should be when you look at their roster. And also the Marlins have been pretty disappointing themselves this season, had a pretty bad month of May. Uh, And then you have the Nationals, who are 18 and 35, 17 games back. I would like to say... The Nationals and the Marlins are statistical outliers in that, in terms of total ERA, Miami is just is literally right behind Detroit, ahead of the Mets, ahead of Toronto, ahead of St. Louis, ahead of the Angels. They're ahead of a lot of good teams. Uh, they have a great starting rotation between Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez. Uh, I'm probably forgetting half the rotation. I mean, I'm obviously forgetting half the rotation, but they have just been pitching very well. Uh, to start the year, and there's re- and by the way, Edward Cabrera came up and was throwing 95 mile per hour changeups in route to a. I think he had six innings of no hit ball against the Rockies until he got hit around a little bit, but still didn't give up a run uh, for him. So I mean, they have a lot of pitching depth, they have a lot of pitching talent, but overall, lineup not good enough to carry them through it. They're kind of they're they're similar to the Phillies in that they have a very glaring weakness, and that weakness is really holding them back. Um, but overall. Same thing kind of goes for the for the Nationals, except for the opposite way around. They are not a good home run hitting team, um, and they're not good at all when it comes to their and in terms of offensive production, in terms of runs scored, they're pretty far down there. Yet overall, in team average, they're sixth in the league. They're behind teams like the Dodgers, the Cardinals, Boston, uh, the Mets, and Colorado. They're ahead of. I mean. They're ahead of the Angels. They're ahead of Milwaukee. They're ahead of San Francisco. They're ahead of the Yankees. They're ahead of a lot of teams in average. But just overall as a team, it's not enough when the slug isn't there with that. And it's very clear uh, evidenced by the fact that they're sixth in average and somewhere in the bottom 10 in in, uh, OPS. So it's clear that the rest of the equation of getting on base and slugging guys in isn't what the Nationals have done this year. They've not done a good job at any of that. Um, And because of that, that is the reason why they have not been uh, that great this year. But uh, I think that's all I have to say about the NL East. Okay, well then let's move over to the NL Central. 
You have the Brewers in first at 33-20, and 20, uh, anchored by their great pitching staff. They're just... They're, they're just doing what the Brewers are supposed to be doing. They're top five in ERA. Uh, they're so they're they're not they're in the high part of the middle of the pack uh, in bullpen ERA. So not not great, but not bad. And then what they're really built to do is hit a lot of home runs on offense. Only behind the Yankees in home runs this year, uh, and runs scored. They're also fourth in that. So those home runs are leading to a lot of runs. They have great run support. Their average isn't even close to being at the top of the league. But as I said. They're slugging a lot. That is what their roster is built to do. That is what they've been doing, and uh, it's been working for them. They have enough support pretty much entirely off of home runs uh, to back up their pitching staff, which has been stellar as expected, and that's what it's going to continue to be for the rest of the season. Uh, And then you have the Cardinals in second, who are 29 and 22, uh, behind the duo of Goldschmidt and Gorman at this point in the year. Uh, Nolan Gorman, one of the top prospects for the Cardinals, one of the top prospects in the league, hitting, I think, 360 so far in his uh, first trip up to the big leagues. And really, I mean, he's been hitting a lot of home runs, too, and a lot of no-doubters, too. I've seen a lot of 430-foot home runs from him, uh, pole home runs. He has been really great for them. And then Paul Goldschmidt's the player of the month in May. So uh, you add those two together, and that's a really good team. And, you know, uh, along with that, they also have, you know, this guy named Nolan Arenado. He kind of plays defense. Uh, every single fielder they have has a gold glove, I think, other than other than Nolan Gorman, who literally has not played a season yet. Um, so, and by the way, I say a gold glove. Most of them have multiple. Uh, from Corey Dickerson, Harrison Bader, they, they have a ridiculously good defensive team, along with the fact that Goldschmidt is probably the best hitter so far this year at this point. Uh, and then on top of that, bringing guys up through the organization when guys are injured They have great replacement guys through their organization, whether they're prospects or not. So just overall, you see a lot coming from uh, the Cardinals. There's a lot to like for them. Um, And they're just playing well because of that. I mean, it's surprising that they're still honestly behind the Brewers because there are a lot of good things about this team. Uh, But overall, I mean, they even have a better run differential than them. But uh, they'll get better as the year goes on, and they should be a playoff team for sure. Uh, And then you have the Pirates, who, despite being 22-27, and Uh, Not only are the best team in the state of Pennsylvania, they're also the best team in the league against the Dodgers this season. Uh, One of the weirdest teams to judge, but I think overall you can say they're not bad, they're not terrible, but they're not good and they won't make the playoffs. And I think you can just leave it at that. Their run differential shows that they're extremely lucky to be anywhere near 500 as only the, while the Royals have the same run differential as them and the Nationals are the only team with a worse run differential than them. So it's clear that they should be a lot worse than they are. And then you have the Cubs, who are 22 and 29. Uh, they've won three in a row. The Pirates have also won three in a row off that sweep of the Dodgers. Uh, something you thought you'd never say. The sweep of the Dodgers at the Dodgers by the Pirates of all teams. Um, and the Cubs, 22 and 29 on the season. Uh, they've done some good things. They haven't been good in other aspects. Some teams will come in and when the wind is blowing out, they'll just score, you know, 12, 15 runs, and sometimes the Cubs will do that themselves. So uh, they have an interesting they have an interesting predicament to kind of work around with that stadium and how it works. Uh, if you look at home run charts of where a, a ball would have been a home run, you see a lot of this would have been a home run at Wrigley Field and nowhere else, and that shows you that uh, you can hit some home runs in that stadium, and they have not done the greatest job of that, but it'll keep the, it'll keep them from being great, obviously, and this roster is not made to be great, but uh, at least they're still not one of the worst teams in the league, and overall, there is one worst team in this division, 
but now not the worst team in the league, the Cincinnati Reds. They are 18-32, and 32, and since your infamous rant, I guess we can say, uh-huh. they're 15-10. and 10. They, were three, they were 3-22 to start the season. Do not take credit for that. <laughs> they are 3-22 to start the season, uh, and then now, obviously, at 18-32, and 32, that's still terrible, might I add. Um, but, you know, it's terrible, but it's not as bad as it was. It's not all-time bad. It's not even worst team in the league this year bad. Um, really, right now, the worst team in the league, we already talked about it, Kansas City Royals. Um, so they're not even worse than them. They're actually, they actually have a better winning percentage than the Nationals do, too. So technically, they're third worst team in the league, which is a big uh, improvement for them. And then also, 13 and a half games back, minus 53 run differential. But as I said, 15 and 10 in their last uh, 25 games. So uh, they're trending in the right direction. All right, let's move over to the National League West. Where you have the best team in the National League, that being the Los Angeles Dodgers. At some point, the best team in baseball, but the Yankees have reclaimed that after a short hiatus from the top. Uh, They're four games ahead of the Padres, despite getting swept at home by the Pirates, because at the same time, the Padres got swept by the Cardinals, and then yesterday lost a game that they were up, I believe, 5 to nothing in against the Brewers, or at least 4 to nothing or 4 to one they were, anyway, regardless, they were winning by three at least, um, and the Brewers were able to, well, actually, Andrew McCutcheon snapped an 0 for 30 uh, streak with a walk-off single uh, to end that game uh, against the Padres, and now the Padres, and because of the Dodgers win, now the Padres are four games back, so a big missed opportunity to make up some games, and overall, Dodgers are only six and four in their last 10, but still keeping that plus 114 run differential, the only team above 100 Actually, the only team above 85, and that would be the Yankees at, at plus 85. Uh, and then you have the Padres, as I said. They've now lost four in a row. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Uh, and the Giants also, they did okay making up some games, but, you know, they're still really injured. Uh, they've lost two in a row, but they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 overall, and they're uh, six games back in the division of the Dodgers uh, now at 27-23. and 23. Uh, Then you have the Diamondbacks, who... You know, they're staying afloat. They're honestly they're honestly lingering around 500 longer than I thought they would. Um, but they're still they still can't beat the Dodgers at all. Uh, and that will be an issue long term because if you can't beat the Dodgers, you can't win the division and you probably won't be making the playoffs very often. Uh, but overall, not too bad for them and then the Rockies at 23 and 28. I've mentioned them via other teams that uh their hitting is really good overall. I mean, there's not much you can complain about. Uh, but they do have the worst bullpen ERA in all of baseball. Uh, so having the second best OPS, having uh, a decent amount of home runs on the season, uh, and you know having the fifth most runs scored in the league and the best average in the league isn't going to do you much help when you have the worst bullpen ERA. Uh, the Dodgers, top five in average, number one in runs scored, uh, top six in home runs, and number one in OPS, and then also paired with being uh, top six in bull or top seven in bullpen ERA, uh, number one in total ERA. So the Dodgers, you know, I mean, you don't get that run differential from nothing. They have good pitching. I mean, they have great pitching and they have great offense. And you combine those two things. That's why they're winning their division. Uh, That's why they have the second best record in the league. You could easily make the argument that if they didn't have a full all-star studded roster of pitchers on the IL so far, they might even be the best team in baseball, but uh, with the depth has been kind of ruined, and there's a lot of prospects pitching right now at the back end of the Dodgers rotation because of the fact that 
Kershaw is out, and Heaney's out, and Dustin May is still out from his Tommy John surgery. Danny Duffy, who the Dodgers signed last year, still hasn't pitched in a Dodger uniform yet. Uh, Tommy Canely is on the 60-day IL. Blake Trinan's out until almost the All-Star break. And the list goes on and on and until you get to Trevor Bauer, who won't be playing for two years um, and probably won't play as a Dodger ever again, I would assume, Look, when you consider the suspension interweaving with the end of the contract. Uh, but in the end, the Dodgers, you can complain as much as you want. You can say as much about their staff and the injuries, and they have not necessarily had been in the best health when it comes to the pitching staff, but the lineup has stayed relatively healthy and they've avoided those problems this year. Uh, Yeah, but it's still pretty healthy when compared to the rest of the league. Um, And overall, because of that, they've been able to keep that production going and just be a really great team so far to start the season. Yeah, well, this division is kind of like the American League East. I think you're going to see the same team uh, up at the top with a couple teams clamoring for second Second and third place, but uh, still a very a good division. Card, but yeah. a very good, very good division. Uh, it's the teams range. that would be leading other ones. Yeah, probably. And, and they're gonna, you know, stay within striking distance. I think, uh, as you mentioned, rare opportunity this week for both the Padres and the Giants to make up some unexpected ground on the Dodgers. And the Giants did. The Giants were the only ones who really did anything yeah. with it, and they didn't do that much with That's it. That's my point. So. It was a rare opportunity. Not a good opportunity. Unexpected yeah. opportunity. Yeah. When the Dodgers were playing the Pirates, and yeah. neither team really capitalized on it. So yeah. uh, we'll see how that plays out at the end of the year, but. Uh, one of the, I think this is the most interesting division um, in the National League, and like we said, kind of like the. American I think the Central is probably more interesting when you look at the Brewers and the Cardinals at the top, because I feel like the Brewers actually do have a, the Brewers have a much larger chance of losing this division than the Dodgers do, because they are just so home run dependent. Um, the Dodgers don't need all home runs to go through it, and also. The East does have the defending champion sitting at 10 games back. So theoretically, that will turn into a good race, but you never know. Yeah, I, I just I think this division top to bottom more interesting than that central. But that uh, wraps up our look at Major League Baseball for the week. It also wraps up this edition of the 4th and 24 podcast. Please join us for our next podcast, which will be on Monday, June 6th, where we will see the accuracy of Patrick's weekend predictions and look at the end of the NBA Conference Finals and preview the NBA Finals, which have already started, but we'll take a little deeper dive into it. In the meantime, please be sure to check out Patrick's additional content, including his weekend predictions that were posted Thursday and his Major League Baseball Power Rankings that were posted on Tuesday. All of that content on our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number 4, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.